Um, well, like I said, we, we came back from Sri Lanka in 2018 and we knew, I've always known that I'm definitely more of an entrepreneur than an employee. Welcome to the Influenced Podcast. I'm Ella Dace, a social media manager and fashion designer. And I'm Bart Dace, a businessman by day, but more importantly, Ella's Insta husband. <laughs> Together, we run a social media company called Ella Resort Creative. We're here to talk about the social business world and the power of influence, how we learn from some and give to others. Guys, today I am joined with the beautiful Katie from Sabia Co. We actually met also on Instagram, <laughs> as I do most <laughs> of my friends these days. But she has an incredible, sustainable business, and she's going to tell us all about it. She has grown it herself with with her partner. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. And yep. it's an Australian-based business, and they have these incredible products that she's going to tell us all about. She's going to tell us how she grew her business through Instagram as well. So please welcome Katie. Hello. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you so much me. for coming on. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself, please? Um, yeah. So I'm Katie. I grew up in far north Queensland and I moved to the Gold Coast um, straight after school to study business and marketing um, at Griffith University. Um and then, yeah, I've kind of stayed on the Gold Coast. I've done a lot of traveling with and without my partner, um, something super passionate yeah. about. Um, and, yeah, I, I grew up in a really kind of wholesome family. My mum is Italian, so the kind of, yeah, I guess the upbringing I had was a lot of things were made in the house by things that you could grow in your backyard because it was better for your yeah. body, um, which I guess is kind of – shaped me to be passionate about the environment and sustainability and what what we put on our skin which has led to obviously what I'm doing yeah, now amazing and I completely agree I am so passionate about traveling which really sucks at the moment doesn't it <laughs> oh I know we had to cancel our trip um last month and we we're oh. both pretty gutted because we we're looking forward Where to a going? break we were just going to nice. Bali for a couple of weeks um just to, yeah, have a bit yeah. slow time. We're actually going to go to Byron in a few weeks, but oh, not nice. anymore. <laughs> no, we're pretty lucky. We're, we're based on the on the Gold Coast at Burley Head, so it's kind yeah, of like a holiday. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about how you started your business? Yeah, so it's a pretty um, long story, I guess. When I moved to the Gold Coast, um, I've always been super passionate about skincare and I was living with a girl who had really bad acne and she was using, um, I don't know if I should say the, <laughs> the name of the brand, but she was using a product and it was bleaching our towels. And I was like, you cannot be putting this on your face. Oh like if it's bleaching our towels, what the hell is that doing to your skin? And she was like, it's the only thing that's kind of like stopping the redness or the breakouts. And I just started like experimenting with like lemon, lemon oil and salts and things like that. 
and ended up making a few facial scrubs for her that really kind of put her acne at bay. Um, And then she was obviously her friends were seeing the difference in her skin and then a lot of people started saying, oh, can we get some, can we get some? So I launched a very small um, business called Katie's Essentials because I didn't know what to call it. Um, and I was just selling like organic kind of scrubs and stuff like that. And that is, I guess the start of Sabia, but I got to 21 and I was like, Oh, this isn't really for me. I just want to travel and, and have fun. Like instead of, you know, studying full time, having a business yeah. and working, it's just a bit too it's much a lot for, for a 21 year old. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of packed up a little backpack And I went through Europe and the States and just had a pretty good two years of traveling. And when I came back, I just felt like, oh, I I don't really know what to do now. Um, So I put my marketing degree to work and I started as a marketing manager for a few different companies um, around the Gold Coast, but just kind of never felt like it was my purpose. Like it just didn't feel right to be selling products that were packed in plastic or not really aligned with me and it was hard for me to to sell something that I didn't think that people really needed um so then my partner and I were traveling and we were in Sri Lanka actually and we were off a pretty beaten track and he was surfing and I was just walking along the beach and we found so much plastic and makeup wipes and we came home and I was like oh I really want to to kind of kick Katie's essentials back off but I don't want to just be making products that people can get, you know, at the shops by any brand. It's just kind of competitive branding. Um, I want to make something that is good for the environment, but is actually going to start replacing some plastic packed things. So we started in 2018, just product and development. And there was definitely many points where we were like, oh, this is just too hard. We can't find something that is worth um, putting out to the market. And then we'd, I'd say we'd close to giving up and um, we got a few samples and I was like, what about, what about a face kit? And my partner, Dave was like, I've got no idea (laughs) what a face kit is. What do you mean? And I was like, I don't really know. I just like the the tone of that, like a face kit, like something that people just know is going to sort out their face and it's everything in one kit. And then that's how we started to, kind of create items that were going to remove makeup or zinc, um, that were going to cleanse, that were going to exfoliate and kind of replace all the items that a girl would tend to put on her skin after a day of wearing makeup just with this one kit that only needed water. And that's kind of how we, we started. And then we just decided to make a few other little bits and pieces like the cleanse kit and the tone kit so that they're a little bit cheaper for people who didn't want to buy the entire kit. And, um, yeah, we, we finally got it together and launched in September last year. Wow. So we're almost six My months gosh, old. That's so, like, and you're so new still. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, so, it's crazy. Like I, we launched in September and I quit my full-time job, um, in October because it was just too hard. I was getting up at four o'clock every morning to do like customer yeah. service, social media stuff, going to work from eight to four coming home, packing orders. My partner works as a tradie, so he would kind of do the same hours as me. And we're going to bed at like 9, 10 o'clock, just absolutely yeah. stuffed, working on the weekends. And I was just like, nah, 
if I really want to, you know, give this a a shot, I've got to quit my job and, and take the risk. Amazing. And I love your products. Like (laughs) I actually hate wearing makeup because I hate taking it off. And this is is the best solution because I take it with me into the shower. All I need is water and everything just comes off with one swift movement. It's so good. It's so, yeah. I'm pretty obsessed. When we first got the sample, I remember like I don't wear very much makeup at all and I I put a face full of makeup on to test it. And my partner was like, what the hell are you wearing? What is this? And I was like, come and watch this, come and watch this. And I was just so excited. Like even every time that I use it or I see someone on social media using it and sharing the picture, I just get so excited. I am literally obsessed. I don't know if you saw my post the other day. I was I was using it. Um, I was using the cognac sponge and I was cleansing my face. Yeah. And um, obviously, I had my eyes closed because I had some soap, some cleanser near my eye, and I went to go wash it all off. And I hit my eye on the sink, and I was filming oh. it. <laughs> no, I didn't no, that, see that. that video didn't go up because. <laughs> But I just tried the photo that I put up after it. But it was so funny. And my my husband was like, everyone's going to think I punched you in the face. (laughs) But at least my skin looks really good. Yes. Oh, there's so many funny bloopers. I'm definitely not not comfortable on the camera, but I have to obviously for my job to kind of get the videos up and out. And it's so funny when when people are like, "Oh, you're so good on the camera," and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, if you could see the bloopers!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your social media looks incredible. Oh, thank you. It's um, it's definitely something that branding has always been my favorite part yeah. of marketing. I just love it. Um, and yeah, obviously I'm. I'm just so passionate about what we do. So it doesn't feel yeah. like work. Like my partner's just always like, put, put your laptop down. Like, let's just have a day. And I'm like, I, I just know. love this. That's like, so I good. Can't. I'm exactly the same. I'm working all the way through. And Bart's like, I'm just going to leave you to do your thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy though. Like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, so that helps. It's so that's good. Did anyone in particular inspire you to, or influence you to do what you do? Um, not really, to be honest. I've never actually thought of that question. I've always been really passionate about sustainability and about skincare. And I love, um, Elise Cook. She's an influencer that kind of follows both of those kind of ideologies. And I guess I've, I've definitely tried every product that she's probably promoted because I'm a sucker for that kind of sustainable natural beauty. But I always just felt like there was a bit of a gap in the market for mm-hmm. me personally. Like I, I could never find something that I hate the thought of putting one, buying something that is in a plastic yeah. tube or a bottle to clean my body. I just hate the thought of that because it's never going to get reused and it's going to go into landfill. And then to what we essentially wash our body or face with where that goes in our water stream and out to the ocean. Like my partner and I are both super passionate about the ocean. He's a surfer and I love diving and stuff like that. And it just, the thought of like what goes down our drain blows my mind. So that's kind of where I always had that, like, what am I going to do that is going to make a change to that kind of outcome? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I totally agree um, with 
it's it's just really um it's really sad to go down to the beach and seeing all of the rubbish and the plastic especially when you go to places like bali oh it's it's yeah every time we go i always get pretty upset about it and it's like especially that trip to sri lanka like being on an eight-hour drive from the airport and then like a four-hour tuk-tuk thing to this one surf break that Dave wanted to go to. And I was like, "There's no, there was no one for miles and miles, but there was so much plastic wow. everywhere. And I was just like, how is this happening? Like this beach is so beautiful and they just don't, they don't have either the, I guess they're not really conscious about it as much as we are in Australia, which I'm so grateful that in Australia we are, pretty switched on about like three for the sea and those types yeah. of programs. Um, but in a lot of those kind of third world countries, it's just the norm for them and they don't, they don't have the understanding or maybe perhaps the education to understand what is the repercussions of this in five, 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty devastating. It is. Even you go to places, beaches in Europe where, they are yeah. gorgeous beaches. I remember going to Capri two years ago and there was still plastic floating around. And this is like an island <laughs> for the rich and famous, you know, and there's yeah. still so much rubbish there. So we are definitely very blessed to live in such a clean, beautiful country. Oh, yes, definitely. How would you say social media has impacted your business? Um, to be honest, I don't think that we would have a business without social media. Like it is incredible. And I like to use the, like the saying of if I was to launch my business today and open the front door of my shop, who would know that it's open without, you know, without social media, like how would you get that message to people that aren't just on that street or that you can't call with a phone or ask all your friends and family that. to come to the opening that's of such a great door. quote. I think that's going to have to be the quote for yeah. when I do the post about <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, I'm lucky that, that I worked in that kind of yeah. industry before starting Salvia. So I do know the importance of it, but you know, having a pre-launch strategy is hands down the most important thing to starting a business. Like obviously having a great product, but if you don't have a little bit of a pre-launch and some hype and some people that know, you know, who you are and what you're about, they don't need to know what the product is, but you need to give a strong brand of who you are, what you're about and get people kind of emotionally invested with something that means something to them. And then you can say, and now here we are with the product that we're launching because otherwise, like I've seen so many, so many businesses have incredible products and, and just go, all right, day one, here we go live and set up a website. And I'm like, well, no one knows. Like, you know, you need to, you need to get yourself out there. You have to invest as well. Like I've definitely been naive in the past and thought I did, I hated the whole influencer marketing Mm -hmm. thing. I just thought I just hated it. Um, but once being in the industry and, and learning, you know, it's, it's not about the followers that a particular influence has. It's about their ideology and do they suit your brand is far yeah. more important than the thousands of followers. And, and we've been lucky that I've, I guess, found some girls, a lot of girls that have the same kind of beliefs as us. And they really, I don't have to be like, can you please get on your stories and sell this product? I just gift a product and people 
love it because it aligns with who they are and they're so passionate about it and they're so happy to share it. And I think that is definitely how we've, we've grown so quickly is, is through the kind of right influence and not the big influence. And also working with big influences, sometimes you have absolutely no idea what you're going to get. There there are times where even now recently where I have helped some of my clients work with big influencers and talking to managers and things like that. And they do the post and you're like, was that it? (laughs) Are you you sure? And then there are other, yeah, yeah. we've had, we've had some, some ones that I've been like, holy shit, what a waste of money. (laughs) But I mean, it's, it's part of the game. Like you just got to test it. And sometimes like we, Gifting is the best um, kind of advice that I would give because if you trust your product and you know it's good and you just give a gesture of a gift without any, you know, like some people come in hot and they're like, hi, I'm Katie from Salvia and I want you to promote my product. What's your rate? And I just think that's so unauthentic. Like it's not creating a relationship and marketing is all about relationships and communication Instead, we kind of reach out to people that align with us and we offer the gift of our product because we believe in it and we think it will align with them. And a perfect explanation was um, Elise Cook. She's obviously someone I just yeah. adore personally and through the business. And I sent, I'd emailed her a bunch of times and never gotten a response. So I just sent a kit to uh, one of their business addresses and just said, I hope this finds you and I hope you love it. And that was probably like two months past. And I'd honestly forgotten that we'd done that. And I woke up one morning and she had posted a story about it. And I was just so blown away. And she had written to me and she's like, I'm so sorry that I didn't get your email. I'm so busy, but I seriously love this. You've done such a great job. And thank you. Like, thank you for sending me the gift that you knew I would enjoy. That's so nice. Oh yeah. And there's like, you, you can spend money, but you don't get authenticity yeah, like that. Definitely. And I think that's, that's yeah, the key. I completely agree. And also, um, like I work a lot with micro influencers and I find that they have yeah. a really engaged audience and sometimes you will, you'll get a better result from someone that has say 10,000 followers than someone that has a hundred. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. That was, definitely our model to launch. I picked one girl that we paid for the launch night. And then in the leading month till we launched, I probably sent 30 or 40 micro influencers kits and just said, you know, just try it. If you love it, I'd love you to, to help us launch and like help us create some content and stuff like that. And those girls are, are our Sabia squad and I love and adore them. And we wouldn't we wouldn't be like where we are. And it's so nice to, to watch them also grow and they're starting to get their followers. And, you know, one of the girls has just launched her little marketing agency and I'm just so proud of them because it's like people just get so caught up in the number, like having, having a huge following is a success, but it's, it's not all about that. It's just about the authentic content and just being true to you being an individual on social media as well, not just copying, you know, the bikini booty babe (laughs) stereotype. I know you need to find a niche. And when you're posting everything, especially all of the bikinis and booties, I feel like the niche there is going to attract the the wrong kind of audience, one that you can't really sell anything to. (laughs) 
And a hundred percent, like that's, that's also another big point of when you're picking influencers to work with you, we're selling predominantly to females. So someone who's posting, you know, like a lot of booty shots, their following is probably going to be yeah. a lot of guys. So it's not really going to fit with what we're no, about. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely lots to learn in that space. And a lot of it is trial and error, but there's definitely some things, tips and tricks that you can follow for a good, good Do you success. have any tips for us? Um, yeah, definitely making sure they are aligned with your business and like what you're trying to say. So for us, our messaging is sustainability and we want you to look good in and feel good in your skin and your body while looking after the planet. Um, so we also try and look for girls that work with sustainable brands or that, you know, they're a little bit more mindful about what they're doing. They don't tend to be very heavy on the makeup and the whole influencer mm. scene. They're just natural girls that are, you know, just sharing their passion, whether it's about their food blogs or their yoga blogs or whatever it is, like just seeing that they actually have a little niche passion. They're not just, you know, trying to get every single brand that they can to, to leverage off the brands following and just be that influencer that doesn't really have a kind of like a structure to who they're trying to be. They're just saying yes to everything. Yeah. I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. So would you tell us a little bit about any struggles that you may have had that maybe other small business owners can relate to? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and is there not a little struggle that comes up? Um, I guess the best, the biggest one was when we launched, um, we bought, you know, a certain amount of kits for the launch and we only had three kits then. And I was so nervous. I was like, this is too many. Like we're never going to sell these. What will we do if we don't sell them and we just have hundreds of kits? What, like, what are we going to do? And Dave's like, no, you, you're doing the work and I know it's going to work. So we launched and in the first month and a half, we only had like 30 of each kits left. And I was like, oh shit, we have to get more, more stock. And I just never imagined, like didn't forecast for that at all. Like I was just so focused on the marketing and doing, selling the kits that I just didn't even think about restocking and, and kind of the growth. And we reordered um, maybe like five times as much as the first kit. And it was meant to arrive just before Black Friday yeah. sales. And I had a huge campaign set up for Black Friday and our shipment got stuck oh. and lost um, in transit. So we were without stock for six or eight oh, weeks. No. And I had done like a little, they were meant to arrive on like the, the 2nd of November. And I just said on our website, out of stock, but you can pre-order and they'll be shipped on the 2nd of November. And when they didn't arrive, I obviously had to message all of our customers and, and say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I couldn't give a date. Yeah. I couldn't say, you know, but they'll be here in two weeks and I can express post them to you. Um, so that was probably the most yeah. anxious, shitty uh, six weeks because for the first two weeks they were like, oh, it's just been held, like it's coming, blah, blah, blah. And then – at week three, I, I had just quit my job as well. So I, you know, was like, shit, is this the universe being like, 
nah, this isn't, this isn't the right move. And then I started wigging out a little bit and I finally was chatting to FedEx and I was like, what is happening? Like I need my products. I can't, where are they stuck? Like, can you at least give me a location? Can I organize? Can I bloody drive there and get them? Like, where are they? And, um, they couldn't really give me an answer. And then at week four, they said that they had lost them and it was eight massive cartons of stock. And I was like, how could you lose that much? It's not like a little box to just be like, oops, it slipped off the truck. Um, and then, so I just went back to our manufacturer and I was like, we just need to pretend that that doesn't exist right now. I got to just move forward and deal with that later and hope that we can get some money like through insurance or something. And so we got a whole new batch created and they just came in dribs and drabs, like a carton here, a carton there. And so for, I think we got our stock on the 20th of December and people were like, I want to buy it for Christmas. And I was like, I can't, I can't promise that they're going to be there for Christmas. I don't know what to say, but they arrived on the 20th and we had like a lot of family and friends help us pack the orders and just get them out expressed. And pretty much 90% of them arrived for Christmas, which was epic. But Oh, that was not a nice time. That sounds very (laughs) stressful. It was so stressful. And then, I mean, nothing kind of compares to that anymore. And that's what is a good little reminder for us when we have a shitty day or a shitty week or like this Corona stuff at the moment we're just like, no, nah, we got through that. And it's good to have those in the beginning because you learn, you learn yeah. so much more and you become so much more resilient as a business owner. Like I know yeah. that when we were first starting um, my activewear label, swimwear label, we went through so many things. We also sold out in the middle of summer and then a restock, a restock oh, no. was going to take <laughs> six to eight weeks which by the time we got it, yeah. summer's over and nobody wants swimmer anymore. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely hard in the beginning, but that, that really gives you those lessons that you need to, to know how much to order, how long before, and it helps you set up everything. Yeah. So, and it just keeps you yeah. humble. Like I think admittedly, I'm not a very boisterous, proud person. Like I wouldn't express that outside of my home with my family and friends, but we were like, fuck yeah, we are killing it. Like people are loving this. And it just brought us back to reality. And we're like, yeah, like, you know, just keep humble and, and just keep pushing yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about how long oh, you've told us how long you've had the business? So you started it in September. How long have you had the idea for before yeah. that? Um, well, like I said, we, we came back from Sri Lanka in 2018 and we knew I've always known that I'm definitely more of an entrepreneur than an employee because I'm just like an all or nothing person. I can sit up and work for hours and hours and hours if it's about what I love. And if it's not about what I love, I just don't, you know, I just, I hate kind of, especially in marketing, I hate selling things Mm -hmm. that people don't need and pushing it on them. And that my past job, I was just like, I hate selling this product. Um, so when we came back from Sri Lanka and we'd seen all the plastic, we knew that it was needed to be something we were both passionate about, which was the environment or travel. And we were thinking of like these different types of travel surf kits. Like there were so many different ideas and we got so many samples 
And each time we'd get a sample at the start, we'd be like, yeah, 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 this could work. And then after a bit, we'd be like, no, we're just going to be creating more shit for people to consume. Like it's not, it's not going to really solve the whole environmental issue that we're trying to face. Um, so it was a good year, I'd say of Mm -hmm. product development. But then as soon as we, we found the kit, the, the first sample we had actually had a little, um, like beauty makeup blender because I was thinking like a face kit, like clean your face and then apply your makeup without keeping your thing, like with keeping your fingers off your face. So you're not kind of making breakouts from your oily fingers. And then as soon as it came, I was like, well, I don't care about makeup. And I don't, I think that all women should feel confident in their natural skin. So let's just can that. And then there was a little bit of a gap of like, what? well, I don't want a kit with just two items. It kind of has to have a bit more. And that's why we decided to incorporate the headband and the brush so that you could, you know, finish with a nice pamper of a serum or a face mask or a homemade face mask. Um, But as soon as we got that final kit, it was kind of go time. We just ordered the big quantities and I set up our website and, and, I think we had the product in August, but I was like, no, I want to have a month of a pre-launch campaign first and like get some good content, do some shoots and, and then how long did you set up your social media before you were ready to actually launch the product? I think it would have been about a month or maybe a bit longer. Um, I just started with a kind of a mood board about sharing, um, homemade skincare type stuff like mask recipes and and just getting that kind of skin conscious person and then um a bit of mood about environment like we have a lot of green on our social media because it's all about the earth and about trees and stuff like that um and then yeah just kind of maybe halfway through the pre-launch campaign I actually showed what the product Mm -hmm. was and I talked about um you know, what we were kind of about and then created that hype. So then people were like, okay, I know what this account is about as a brand and now I know what the product is and now I'm ready. I want it. But heaps of like polls and questions and answers were I think really key too, because it helped us understand who we were talking to and what, what their skin concerns were to then also tailor what we were going to sell. And like, now we have a, a match a clay mask, which is perfect for like tired, blemish, acne prone skin. And, and that came from our audience telling us that that's yeah. what they needed. And, and for future product development, that's how we're going to always do it. We're going to do it through what our community is asking for and what they're there struggling with. There's so much with. power in using your stories and using your engagement tools correctly to really create that two-way yeah. conversation with your audience and understand what what they're struggling with and what you can create to help them. And I think that is the biggest thing in marketing that people don't do. They don't listen to their audience and yeah. they don't do the research. And if you don't have those two key skills – then you're going to fail at Instagram and marketing. Yeah. And I like from, from doing that from the start and yeah. now we have those, Amazing. you know, those 30 girls that started with us with the Sabia squad, they always are writing to me and saying, Oh, Katie, I've just come off the pill and my skin's gone to shit. What can you suggest? And then I'm like, we're sampling serums and oils for a, a new product. And, and those are the girls that are trialing it yeah. because I know their skin, I know their concerns and they're, giving me honest feedback, you know, like the oil is a bit too heavy for my skin type. 
and then we're, you know, changing it up with a serum or kind of lessening the ingredients in that oil formula. And yeah, they're the, our customers are always trialing, you know, the new stuff for us because if they're telling me what their concerns are, I want to make sure that we can service them completely. Like I just don't want to make sure like they come to us for their cleansing and whatever, and then they have to go to another brand for their serum or for this or for that. So yeah, definitely interacting with your customers. And it just, it makes for such a easy job for me. Like when I jump on stories or when Dave jumps on stories, we get so much feedback of like, I love seeing you too. Like it makes us so like proud to be a part of um, a business that's just, you know, like a young couple having a crack. Like (laughs) we're, we're not, you know, we're not influencers ourselves, which is a huge, a huge, I guess, a hard thing to start a business nowadays without a, without a following is hard and it just takes hard work, but it's not impossible. And to get on stories and stuff, even now, like after six months, I'm still not confident. And some days I'll do a video. I'm like, no, I can't be bothered. I'll just put a photo up today. Like I'm not in the mood, but it's definitely like the more Mm -hmm. raw and, and open and they know who you are, the more engaged I always say are. that you sell a lot better when you show your face and when you talk to your stories. Do you find that that is the case for you guys? Oh, absolutely. And it's so funny because I obviously am on there yeah. most days, but when we put Dave on and he's just such a, like a larrikin, it's so funny to watch. He's a one-take guy. He's like, I don't like doing this, and if you're going to make me do it, you've got one shot, so here we go. <laughs> but they they turn out funny and you, most of the times we'll both stuff up and we'll have a bit of a giggle That's and be like oh well, and we don't refilm it <laughs> yeah and people love it they're like oh like it's not it's not perfect and we are all about that like instagram shouldn't be a perfect filter yeah. of your life it's just life and you should just be able to share you know like the, the stuff ups that you have and yeah just be real i agree um, would you be able to tell us do you, any of your, like your number one tip for business success? Um, for me, I think it's having a vision. So when we came back from our trip, we knew that it was sustainability and we had a bunch of things that we thought and I done my yoga teacher training. I'm not a yoga teacher and I'm definitely not, you know, in the depths of meditation and that kind of stuff. But one thing I learned was, was visual like intention setting. Mm -hmm. And we have so many, um, vision boards that we've done up and they're, they're not fancy. It's just a a three piece of paper. And at the top, it's, you know, what, what feelings we want to feel, what we want to give back to the community or to the earth and having that tool and looking back at them. Like we do one, I don't know, every couple of months. And when we look back, we're just like, shit, we did that. Like the Elise yeah. Cook thing. She was on my first vision board to to have the product in her hand. And without even, you know, thinking about it, yeah. it just happened. And it obviously takes a lot of hard work, but it kind of just keeps you in check. And on those days where, you know, where the skies are pretty gray and you're having a shit day and you just kind of take it back to why you're doing what you're doing, it just automatically lifts you. And I think that's, you know, in business, especially at the start, it's usually just, mm-hmm. just you. And it's not often that, you know, like you can't just reach out and 
to everyone and be like, oh, can you feel my cup? Yeah. Can you feel my cup? Yeah. I'm having a shit day. It's just good to have that, you know, fire in your belly. And on the days that you don't have it, you can just kind of flick back and remember why you're doing yeah. what you're doing. A really good tip that I have recently heard from Brooke Falitovich, she was saying that whenever you get a nice comment or a DM or a review, just to screenshot it and then to put it in, save it into your camera roll. And then also when you do have those days, it's like a little folder on your phone of really nice messages. Yeah. And then you go and read through and you're like, Oh, people are nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to do that today because it, it is like, you know, you do just forget you get so bogged down in like, in the back end of business and operations and stuff that you forget sometimes what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Especially it can be the tiniest little thing that's gone wrong. And then I find that like I can break down over the smallest thing and have a cry. And then I'd be like, why was I crying? (laughs) Definitely. And because you (laughs) seem like I seem to file things away as they're happening, like little shit things. I'm like, don't think about that right now. You've got so much to do. Just focus on your to-do like list. And then one final little thing can happen. And it's like all those, that filing cabinet just like (laughs) falls over. And I'm like, Oh my God, why am I doing this? I just wish I had a salary. (laughs) Go on holiday and be paid. (laughs) I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. I love it. It's definitely helped over the last few weeks, especially. Yeah. Oh yeah. The last few weeks have been so bizarre. They have, but things will be going, going back to normal. Slowly, slowly. Yeah, I'm definitely so proud of have how we've mm. handled it. It's yeah, very Australia good. is doing well. So, do you have any useful resources for other business owners? Um, I think just being vulnerable and connecting with other business owners is the best tip. Um, it's and watching like listening to podcasts number one I'm constantly listening to podcasts but reaching out to businesses and just making that connection and and you know the influences that are kind of in line with who you are like connection is key and I've learned so many little things from like a 10 minute conversation with a business owner than from anything I learned at uni to be honest um I even like hiring people when I was in my marketing manager role, hiring people out of uni, I'm like, Oh, you don't, I forget that you just don't know anything after your degree. Like you, you have to just get in and learn things and like make a few mistakes and, and talk to people. But yeah, being vulnerable. And like when you have, you know, like when we had that stock issue, like talking to people who were in business and being like, what do you think I should do? And, you know, having, yeah, having people to talk to about the struggles or just someone to bounce ideas off like in product development stage and stuff like that. That helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, podcasts are just such an incredible tool as well to listen to, you know, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and there's a lot of um, startup kind of podcasts out there. And every time I listen to one, doesn't matter if it's about something like setting up a website, which I've done. And I think I have, pretty good understanding of every time I listen to a podcast I'm like oh I've never yeah. thought about it like that or maybe I'm going to look at that app to add to my website definitely, definitely sparks about, new ideas yeah. all the time which is what I love yeah. about them as well so where can yeah. people find you um so they can find us at sabiaco s-a-b-b-i-a-c-o on instagram is probably 
the only place that we really are. We have Facebook, but I always forget that Facebook <laughs> exists. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, just there. We're sharing tips and tricks all the time. It's not just always about skin. We do talk about sustainability and share, like, things that you can do in your own home to make face masks and things like that because I do think it's important to be able to service not just with products but being able to educate people and, like, Manuka honey, for example, is one of the golden things that you can put on your skin and I'm not going to bottle it and put my label on it and say buy it from me when you can get it from someone else. Like just just education. Yeah, I love that. And definitely go try out all of Katie's products. I love them. I have <laughs> mine, one next to the sink and one in the shower, so both ready to go. And my skin has been feeling incredible after using them. So I'm very oh, grateful. <laughs> Thank you so Yay. much for coming on the podcast today. I can't wait to see you on the gram and I'll chat to you guys soon. Thank you so much for Bye. having us. Bye. Bye.